Yes, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host as always, TJ, and by gosh, by gosh, that's probably the first time I've ever said that. By gosh, Caesar is home. Like, we are living in a very strange time, and you know that. You don't need me to tell you that. You probably knew I was going to say that, but these times are so unprecedented that that's, you know, it's unavoidable to not talk about this. But I do truly believe that in these strange times, it is going to be the adaptable and the deliberate people that truly thrive. What sort of person could embody that more than Dan Cottrell? I do not know. The guy is a world-renowned, notorious rugby coach. Uh, he's been the founder of Rugby Coach Weekly and been running that since 2005. Uh, an amazing resource for rugby coaches to become better coaches. But Dan himself, at the heart of it, is a true coach. And you can see that from the way he talks and you can understand that from the way he thinks. Uh, we tried to sit down to discuss the game of rugby and I really wanted to discuss different skills and tactical ideas and different ways that players can improve. But with what happened here, we recorded this on Wednesday, March 18th, just as you know, the whole world, it seems to be, is getting into a bit of a lockdown. We decided that we had to pivot. We had to do something a little bit different. And we discussed you know, the game of rugby, how the players, the coaches, and the sport will be able to get better through all of this, how you guys as players can deal with your coaches, how you guys as players can continue to make improvements, sort of mindset that you need. And then we do talk a little bit about the art of coaching and, and different things of that sort of nature. But, you know, this is, I mean, it's a strange time and this makes for, you know, not an, I not, I mean, I really did enjoy this podcast and I truly believe that you will enjoy listening to it, but it's not what I planned for Dan to come on the podcast to discuss. But I had, this was one of my most favorite podcasts to record regardless. And I really did have a good time. And we'll obviously get Dan back on to talk more in depth about actual rugby. But before we get into the podcast, I do want to talk about a quick pivot that I've had to make. You may have heard me talk about Training Camp, which is a project that I've been working on for quite some time now. And I've almost put the finishing touches to it. It's a two-week strength and conditioning overhaul designed to put you in the best place to train hard and to continue to improve throughout your training career and your rugby career and your life. But with this change and with the fact that you're probably not going to have a gym available to you, I think it is the perfect time just to go ahead and put people in a really good place to work on their, just their conditioning. So with that in mind, if you if that's something sounds like something that you would like to join, you can just sign up at rugby-muscle.com forward slash training camp. It's no thrills. This isn't anything that I want to promote as any sort of glamorous product. It's just something that I think will really benefit the listeners and the audience of the Rugby Muscle and the Rugby Muscle community. It's a fully dialed in approach to improve your rugby conditioning, put you in the best place moving forward, no matter what your goal is going to be after that. And you, like I said, you won't need any fancy equipment or anything other than maybe a field. And if we get completely locked down and that's not available, then we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, if you do have gym, actually, don't worry about the rest of that stuff. I'll get into more details later. But rugby-muscle.com forward slash training camp or just join us at Rugby Muscle Athletes on the Facebook group and you can get access through there. For now, guys, enjoy this episode. It is a really good one and I hope you take a lot of value from it. Dan Cottrell of Rugby Coach Weekly. I've already done you a nice little intro beforehand, like I would have pre-recorded it, but um, in your own words, can you you know sort of describe your background and why you've become such a notorious rugby coach? 
<laughs> well, first of all, it's interesting now that I'm a notorious rugby coach. Is that if that's ever a, ever a good thing, uh, and I suppose it could I be. Think a good it is, thing, Dan, but, yeah. Yeah, I think it is because then people might be a bit scared of you. But that lovely. So my, my <laughs> background is uh, 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 Bristolian, uh, supported Bristol Rugby Club um, for well many years. I always supported Bristol Rugby Club, and so when I went to watch them, they had some. They played a really great brand of rugby, the sort of rugby that we. We salivate over now. Really, they wanted to run the ball from everything. You're trying new tricks out uh, all the time. So, uh, I was I was an okay rugby player at school, but uh, just got a bit faster and a bit bigger. So, uh, when I went to university, went to Exeter University again. I just got a bit better, a bit faster, and then um, I was fast enough to sort of get noticed and played for Clifton for a couple of years, and then uh, got asked to go over to Bath to maybe uh, do something there but didn't quite work out because probably wasn't well I know I wasn't um well I think body and mind really I mean I was I was fast enough but I wasn't skillful enough and mentally you need to be really in the game uh, and yeah. really understand what was going on and there were some really exciting players there and uh, one of the things that I've been very lucky with in terms of becoming a notorious rugby coach is that uh, I was actually around a lot of people who were who were some of the freshest thinkers in rugby. So Brian Ashton was the the backs coach. Uh, we had people like Mike Cat there, Andy Robinson, uh, Richard Hill. Uh, that's Richard Hill's scrum half. Stuart Barnes was commentator, obviously. And yep. Jeremy, Cuthcott. but uh, John Callard as well. And yeah, really a lot, good a lot company. Of went on to, well, the the great thing was, of course, was that a lot of them went on to be. Uh, international coaches will be involved with international rugby and they were in a sense cutting their teeth because there was quite a lot of player empowerment uh, yeah. at the club and though I played mostly second team um, um, a few first team games I you, you learnt a lot from being around them and uh, the way that they thought and you understood what excellence meant uh, for them and whether you were up to it yourself and I, I wasn't, but I did learn a lot. And then I went to Bristol for a year. And again, I just by sheer chance, I was very lucky because um, Dave Allred was uh, the main coach there. Mm-hmm. And again, you learned a lot, learned a lot from him. And of course, now he's he's famous for his kicking, but also for his his approach to coaching. And then after that, uh, change of job and everything, and I went into teaching and allowed me to get into coaching. I was very lucky to be when I went into teaching. Um, a guy called Kevin Bowering was the guy who really sort of showed me the way because he was from my old school as a teacher there. And uh, then again, cut my teeth coaching schools, rugby, made many, many mistakes uh, along the way. And then uh, started the rugby coaching magazine in 2003, left teaching in 2005. And here we are. Who knows what's going to happen because uh, all sports shut down. As of this weekend or last Indeed. weekend, so here I am. Yeah, um, I mean it's an interesting little pathway, and I, I love how it's like almost ever evolving. Like there seems to be, you know, you get to a point where there's a door in front of you that appears to be shut, but you seem to pivot really well and move to the, you know, just find another open door and keep moving forward. And that's a really important lesson as to how you can continue to like make improvements and achievements and stuff. I think. So, well, I think you're right to say that um, doors can seem closed and uh, like that way of pivoting because you, 
you've got to as much as possible strike out in positive ways and sometimes coaches um, become stale not because they are poor coaches is because they they try and grab every opportunity which comes their way and in the end uh, they're doing four or five sessions a week with two or three different teams and they're, ne- they're not giving themselves enough space uh, or position to understand what what makes a difference and it it's very difficult unless someone actually says to you stop stop doing that do something else uh, i mean i don't know how that how if you've had t- times when someone said to you just a moment tj you need to be going this this direction yeah i like, i 100 agree i can see exactly what you're saying because it's like um like the game of rugby evolves so like as a player, you, you don't just play games and expect to get better. And as a coach, you can't just coach sessions and expect to continue to make improvements. You've got to spend time away and figuring out exactly what you can. Like obviously, like the more you coach, the more you practice the skill of coaching. But in itself, you still need to understand the game and different coaching methodologies. Because otherwise, yeah, you if you stop educating yourself, as of everything, you you will get left behind. Yeah, and there's um, I'm not sure if I'm going to say it in quite the right way, but there's often a saying you can be, uh, you can do ten years of coaching, uh, but you're just doing the same as you did the previous year. So really, you're just one year, you've done one year of coaching, but just ten times. Or you can do, as you said, uh, you evolve every year. So to evolve, you've got to keep breaking things and then mending them again. It's like building, uh, building muscle strength. You're you're breaking and rebuilding all the time and. Uh, any any good coach knows that they haven't cracked it. They're always looking for the for the next thing. But on the other hand, they've also got to be understand what's gone well and do that again. And uh, sometimes it's very difficult to know what's gone well. Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's a really good point that you bring. And this is why I wanted to get you on the podcast because obviously we deal a lot with um, the strength and conditioning, the fitness component of rugby players and for some reason you know i don't know what it is maybe it's marketing i'm not really sure but we tend to notice that a lot of especially rugby players um like once they've reached adulthood like they kind of give up in terms of actually improving their skills too much they kind of just think right well i'm going to be a better player because i'm going to be fit i'm going to be really strong and i'm going to be huge Hmm. um but that doesn't really address any of the other and like rugby's such a diverse and um, like that's why we love it so much because it demands so much of, of of a person and a team that there are so many improvements that you can make outside of just um, what you your physical your physical capabilities in terms of your fitness and strength. That yeah, I don't understand why people don't really look at trying to improve their skills as much. You know. Well, the, the thing is that um, avenues uh, or your your line of sight narrows because of all the other things in life and. Uh, to 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 develop you've got to you've got to be able to do two things uh one is to be confident in yourself which means no change and the other thing is to be confident that you can change so they are fighting each other all the time mm. uh, because it, to stand up in front of a group of people and say something you've got to be confident you know what you're talking about um however the next time you stand up in front of you, you've got to be able to say something slightly different. So you've got to be learning um, at the same time as you've got to be confident in yourself. But for me at the moment, these are extraordinary times and they're exciting times in other ways because 
things are going to change. Uh, the next yeah. three or four months, nobody's going to be coaching teams. They're going to be thinking, how, as an individual, can I improve? And fitness is going to be a very much important thing. And uh, people like yourself are going to be a very important um, cogs in maintaining mental and physical health for a lot of athletes and giving them purpose. And it's going to change now because instead of them thinking uh, narrowly about getting bigger and faster, they're going to think you're, you're going to have the opportunity to say, well, yeah, we've done all that, but you've got extra time because you're not going to be off doing uh, three hours of training with your team and a game on a Saturday or Sunday, whenever your fixtures are, you're going to be having to do other things. And so here we are, I'm going to give you this to think about and this to think about. And I'm sure this is going to happen for you is they're going to turn around to you and say, TJ, well, challenge me. And you're going to say, you're not going to be pushing more tin. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing that. Yep. And so there's this, this, this time now we've got to grab it and say, okay, things are changing. Uh, we've got to change way, the way we think about things to a certain extent or to a greater extent and say, right. Okay, guys, this is, this is the new direction. Are you ready to come with me? I'm not going to wallow in self-pity. Things are going to go wrong. There's going to be some very sad times ahead. But we don't get through sad times without uh, seeing some positives at the end of it. And uh, this, is, this, is, this is a chance. What that looks like, <laughs> I'm not quite sure myself. But I'm telling you, I'm damn sure I'm going to want to find out. And people like you are going to be key in this to say, all right, this is what we can do. This is what we do. I work with individuals and it's going to be doing that. You're going to be on your own. Yeah. hundred percent. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with the sentiment of exactly what you said anymore. Like this is, like, and I, I've sent an email out to everyone that um, has subscribed to our conditioning sessions and personally reached out to all of my one-on-one -on -one people that I consult with. And I've just said, look, this is a time where like, we, no one's got a choice in this matter. So we can't control that point. So there's no use moaning about it. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's unfortunate for every single person pretty much in the world. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's how we react. It's, you know, there are going to be people that lose out from this and there are going to be people that win out from this. And I believe as much as I can that it is mostly a choice. It's a choice that you can make to, to try and use this time and, and have this as a, you know, it's an unfortunate thing that we will have to go through, but it's a challenge nonetheless that we want to try and conquer. Yeah, and let's surround ourselves with people who are not going to say, oh, we could have done this, we could have done this, and then look at, uh, look at governments and say, uh, what can the government do for me? Well, we remember the very famous speech uh, by JFK. Uh, and again, I'm probably going to misquote him. There's something along the lines of, uh, don't look to what I can do for you, look for what you can do for me. And um, that's what everybody's got to start focusing on. Yes, you want to improve yourself, but once I've improved myself, how can I then spread that to other people? Yeah, uh, and then it gets infectious. It, it, yes, and infectious, it, it's, um, it's <laughs> probably not going to be use. the right word. But it should <laughs> be the right word because it should be infectious. It should yeah, be you're right. the case of, all right, I've just done this. Now, how can I help you? Because we're not going to be locked indoors all the time. We can be out there doing things, making making a change, helping the world be a better place. Uh, and we got to, we got to seize that moment. And yeah. uh, this is the moment for all of us. And the uh, people who are going to say, complain about what any government's doing, this is, this is not a political comment at all. Don't worry about the government, what they're doing. They've got enough worries. They're going to they're gonna get some things right, some things wrong. 
what can I do differently? What can I do to make things change? And that's the attitude that I think um, a lot of people who will be listening and saying, yeah, this is the sort of attitude that I take because this is why I'm, I'm listening to a podcast. I mean, anyone who's listening to a podcast isn't doing it because I'm going to tell a good joke because that's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> and they're, they're doing it because they think, oh, I might learn something. And it might mean not because I've said something which they've taken away or you've said something. They might have reflected on something and say, right, okay, I'm going to combine what they've said with what I know and I'm going to do this. And then if I can then do this, I can do that. And then all these connections build into something really powerful. And in the sports world, we have got to be leading the way in positive, uh, great outcomes, which are going to make difference to everybody in, uh, in our little, in our little communities, in our groups. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's something that, I think we kind of already do is lead the way as, as, as sporting participants in general, people that are involved with sport, like it doesn't, even if it's not rugby, like it, it's so it's such a cool thing to do just at this competition and camaraderie and all, all the benefits that come from, from sport are huge. And I think we can sort of, we can still use this as another opportunity to demonstrate it. Um, yeah. Okay. No, so let, let me turn the question on to you then. So yeah. in, in, the, in what you do, what would you say would be the three most important things that a person walks away from after a session with you? Oh, I like this. So uh, right now, I think the most, like what I've decided to, to do is like to not panic this week because mm. this is going to be the first week of at least probably a month um, of, of this isolation and, and things being closed down. If not, potentially longer, potentially a little bit shorter, but you know, to, to throw away everything that you've been doing and panic and either just give up and watch Netflix is a bad idea. Um, <laughs> exactly. Don't get me wrong, chill out, but yeah. giving up is no good. Um, doing yeah. a panic. Oh, I can't get, make it to the gym. Let's just see whatever random workout I can do online for free and, and just get that done for an hour. I'm not overly sure that that's a great idea either because no, it's not, it's not part of the plan. Yep, hundred yeah. percent. Like, you know, the reason that people are listening to this is because they want to do better. It, you know, if you're just following random stuff from random places, you're going to get random results. Whereas we've always advocated <laughs> for having a bit more of a plan with everything, having like you, you know, getting your duck, getting your ducks in a row. And so, I would say for this week, what most people should be doing is like pushing, uh, just using your time a bit more effectively going for maybe walks or runs. If you need to, um, you know, obviously working out and training like sort of feels good for the mind as well. So if you want to do that, go for a run, try and scout out some places that might be of use for you, like a field or something. Um, oh, what a good idea that is. And I hadn't thought about that. I mean, yeah. we've been uh, talking in the business about lots of things, but, um, yeah, scout out where, where can you go? And, uh, it will be uh, – well, people might hide these places. I don't want to go there because there might be too many people in my, uh, <laughs> in my social distancing. Um, right. But, I, I mean, I think – yeah, exactly. But if you could find – you can find, like, a, a something tucked away that's even better, great. Or if you – you know, but figure it out. And then also sort of use this time to create yourself a bit of a routine with your, your gym in and your – or, you know, your gym in because there's not going to be too much of that. But your training and whatever you want to do – like with the weeks coming forward, because if everyone's working from home, everyone's going to be very unorganized and you know, the optional things such as training 
tend to get left to the wayside. Whereas if you can schedule them in and build out a, a routine that you can get into, you know where you've got to go, what you've got to do. And then from there, you almost dial it back a, another step and say, right, what are my like, long-term goals of what I want to achieve? Um, where And where does this equipment or this sort of availability to what I have fit into that? Like I already gave the example of if there's a, um, you know, if you've got a forward that's a really tough scrummager, but wants to get a little bit stronger, but he also, also finds himself dealing with a lot of injuries, then this is a time to not try and get stronger because we just don't have access to that sort of thing. Whereas maybe it's the time to look at your mobility and your movement and um, different rehab protocols that you can do to ensure that when you go back to lifting heavy, you're less likely to be injured and you're better off in the long term. It's not about what you can do for the next four weeks for the sake of the next four weeks. It's what can you do in the next four weeks to two months or whatever to put you in the best situation to have a, a, a bountiful career going forward. Yeah, and uh, there's a couple of things which I think are, are vital that you said there. This is actually uh, a window of opportunity to get yourself um, healthier. Yep. Uh, not necessarily stronger or you know, probably fitter, but not necessarily stronger. And the other thing is uh, how important routine is. So I've been saying to people today, uh, I've worked from home for a long time and I've things sometimes I've made had great days and sometimes I've had bad days. And the most important thing of it, a couple of things that I would suggest to people is uh, create yourself a proper routine Yeah. and go to work at home. Yeah. And that means actually get dressed into don't work in your pajamas. Uh, don't work from your bed because uh, bed is for going to sleep in and all the yeah. other things that bed is for watching television, etc. Um, and uh, have meals at the proper right time. Uh, don't, uh, yeah, keep a lock on the fridge uh, because it's very easy just to, to snack through the day. Yeah. Um, set yourself little rewards as you might do it in a workplace. So I'm going to work for 45 minutes here and I give myself a reward of 10 minutes of doing this. Uh, turn your phone off uh, because there's going to be an enormous... Um, rush of social media and it's yeah. going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of disinformation that's a really uh, that's a really good point actually turn you like st- staying away from your phone so i i actually don't have any notifications on my phone yeah. so even if someone calls me it takes they have to ring twice before i even know about it because i, yeah. I no one's using me as an emergency but yeah like yeah. be proactive with your phone like do yeah. take re- use on your terms for sure uh, so and I, I think a lot of people said that. I remember listening to Rory McIlroy on uh, after the golf round, and he said he uh, how much he disengaged with social media. I mean, the top sports people obviously get uh, trolled as well, which is which is terrible. But uh, it's very easy for someone to write something slightly negative, and then you become negative about it. And it's we talk about false news and all that sort of thing, and. It, it, there's there's too many negatives on social media and it's best to just step away from it as much as possible uh dip in and dip out but yeah. set yourself set yourself a limit on that and these are actually these are sort of routines you probably do when you're training but you're going to do in your day-to-day so uh you uh, now this is this is a complete um snc novel well, not complete an snc novice so forgive me and correct me as i go along but let's say you go along to the session. So you've got to get dressed for the session. So you don't do it in your suit. Mm. You do it in your training gear, which has got to be appropriate for that. You start at a set time with um, 
activation or warm up or whatever is required. You go through a set routine. You don't do you do weights or training in a certain order because that's what's important. And then you finish at a certain time. You have a shower and you get changed. Well, if you spread that out over uh, um, a seven-hour working day, that's exactly how you should do it. You should go, be changed, be uh, do the things in the order that you should be doing. Maybe you have to change if you have to uh, as the day goes on, but you take your fuels on when you need to take your fuel on. And at the end of the day, you have a shower and you close. And yeah. that's a really, for anyone who works from home, will tell you one of the hardest things to do is close the, close the virtual briefcase. Yep. Shut down and do something else. Uh, yeah, for sure. And the, the, if, the, the times, and I still do it, the times I suddenly find myself at 7 o'clock and I'm still working and I haven't actually really moved from my desk, uh, it's not good. It's not, it's not healthy. So you do need to find a way to look after yourself. And I, I quite like um, you talking about scouting out those places to train. Yeah. Maybe you need to scout out, uh, here's the metaphor, scout out times for you to train and yep. those gaps and make them make them very special. Yeah. And I think that that, that whole thing and what we've spoken about for, you know, 20 minutes or so now is just about being intentional with everything, right? Like mm. you're I like checking your phone, but you're, yeah, you're doing it intentionally. Like you're um, going about your working day, like you're stopping working at a certain time because that's, like, like that, that's an intentional thing. And that's something, yeah, as you say, everyone that works from home, I'm, I'm included with that. Like sometimes you can find yourself with your, you know, your laptop in front of you or sat at your desk at like, nine or 10 PM and you realize that none of this stuff is urgent at all. Just get back to it the next day. And, or it's, if it's urgent stuff, then what the hell have you been doing throughout the whole, whole day that you, <laughs> you've left it till now? So it, it, but that's so important. And like, and I think that comes back to the order as well. Like, because it, like if we've got home workouts, someone's already, I've already had a few messages as like, well, how many times a day do you think I could just jump rope to get fitter? And I'm like, well, that's not really the point. Like, I think you should go about like, maybe you could have two 30 minute sort of stabs at it because you, we're going to have a lot more free time. But I would even still say just again, treat your training session. Like it's a training session, give yourself a set start time, a set finish time, because especially if you're training at home and you've got TV rolling and you, you're checking your phone in between sets and stuff, something that could have easily just taken 45 minutes ends up spanning two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you're not getting, you're not being productive with that at all. Yeah. So what do you think I'm at? Uh, this is me talking out loud that uh, if I'm training from home and yeah. there's, uh, I've got a training partner, they've, they will set up um, uh, FaceTime or something like that or Skype. And we just, um, we have it on and we're just training. And cause I know my, my brother, when he was working in uh, the States would have, uh, he'd have dinner with his, with his family, but he would just be the screen on the table. Oh, that's cool. And uh, so you'd be training and you'd sort of be slightly motivating yourself because you say, oh, right, I just see you're not working hard enough on that. And then you're just going on. So it, it creates a bit of um, a bit of community Yep. Uh, without um, feeling that, uh, uh, well, there's just someone watching you and that sort of thing. I, I, this is me talking out loud. I, could you see that working with that? Yep. Uh, I can, that, well, that so Dan, I'll give you an example of what we did last night. So last night was Tuesday night. So we had, um, obviously we were due to have 
our team rugby training, but that's all been cancelled. Uh, I, I coach a local team here as well. I'm head coach of a men's team. And we, I just decided, I was like, look, boys, like you probably um, already organised at, at least, you know, two or so hours that you're going to have free tonight. Um, maybe you've changed that. If you haven't, if you're still looking for stuff to like, we're all looking for things to do. I suggested that we go on YouTube and we all, uh, we set up a, I set up a Zoom conference like what I've done here with you, except we had uh, 14 of the boys that are on there watching, all watching. Um, we watched Argentina v. Ireland uh, in the 2015 quarterfinal. Because oh, yeah. I, I really like the way the Arge, uh, Argentinians play. Um, was, and that was that was about where they really peaked in that game. So I wanted to watch mm. that, um, and so we all watched it together. We all got to sort of commentate and and like enjoy it. But we also, to a certain aspect, got a bit of a benefit out of it in terms of right. We're under like the players are going to understand rugby a little bit better because they can see the width that the Argentines had on the ball, the, how they carried really hard, um, and their depth that they 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 took when they were attacking. Like all these different tactical things. Like there's no. Nothing to say that we can't continue to learn and can't continue to make best of it, and you know, yeah, it's not the same as us all being around uh, in a in a room together. But it's, I mean, what else can we do? No, and we've got to find ways, and yeah. we will find ways. And uh, human beings are inventive, innovative, um, and like like water finds finds its way through to make a leak yeah, we'll we'll find a way through if, if there is if there's a small gap that's that's what it's about and uh, if you're determined enough you'll make these things work and what what will probably happen is that some people will drift drift away from it well well fine that's what's going to happen we can't uh, if you spend too many times too much time sometimes on the marginal player you can lose out on the people who really need your attention so it, it's going to be a difficult one for the next well, I, I, well, who knows how long? Uh, yeah. uh, and we've just got to got to make ourselves make the best of it. But going back to what you've said before, let's don't let's not be random. Let's let's start to think carefully about programs, uh, organising ourselves. What can we do more effectively? And this is another thing from working from home: is that you need to actually put a plan in for the day. And I know my best days. I've I write out a plan. I prioritize what needs to be done when and put off things which don't need to be done straight away. And all those very, very simple techniques mean that you actually feel like you've had a productive day because you look down your list and you think, I've done that, done that. I need to deal with that. And that those sorts of small targets make a, make a big difference. I mean, I, I don't know uh, how you, what goal setting you use in your, in your line of business? Yeah. So for personally, I actually just reached while she was talking there and grabbed, uh, I have a little post-it note that's, <laughs> it sits, well, the, the, the pad of post-it sits by my, um, my toilet because that's the first thing I, you know, I wake up, go to the toilet and right. I pick up this and I write the five, I write, uh, I, I do, a, I have a little five, three, one system. I change it every now and again, but at the minute I'm sticking with it. So I do, I, I write out one thing that if, if I only did one thing all day, yeah. Um, I write out one thing that I have to, I have to get done. That's one thing. If, if, and I only, yeah. if I only did that thing, I'd be happy enough. Then I write three more sort of semi big tasks that I, I need to get done. But if I can do those three and then a one great. And then I write five smaller sort of admin things that I'm, you know, kind of have to do that take less than five minutes. And if I yeah. can finish those five, three, one things, 
then I've had a, like as, as good a day as I could possibly have and that's permission to shut down or, or carry on. But if worst case scenario, if, if it still gets to the evening and my day's finished, but I've only done that one thing, then I'm, I know I'm on the right track. Whereas what tends to happen is, and this is why I put the other stuff in there, is that like you, you forget that one thing at the top and you end up doing a lot of the other trivial stuff and yeah. you, you could do trivial stuff forever and that's with training and with um, all that sort of stuff. You can do trivial stuff forever, but are you doing the big picture things that are moving you forward to where you need to be? I think that's why I said that we, you know, with the training aspect, we take a step back and we organize, right, what do we need? What can we accomplish in the next couple months? And how does that fit into our whole year? Because if we just do random workouts, you're going to, you, it's going to be two months down the line. Um, really, what have we accomplished? We've just burnt a few, we, ha- we just haven't got fat, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, if that. Um, yeah, and I, I think that, as you, as you said, you, you need to, to get some priorities into what you do. And this, will, this comes into training as much as into organizing your day. Uh, what, what is your, I really like that idea of an intention. Where, where do I want to be maybe at the end of this month with what I'm trying to do? Things change and we've there have, therefore we have to react to that. And I mean, we're obviously in one of the, the most amazing, uh, scary changes of, you know, in our, in our lifetimes. Uh, yeah. We are finding things out as we talk. I was speaking to somebody uh, and the news popped up and uh, about things about teaching and exams. And, well, that was, the, in a sense, that was the end of one chat and the start of another chat. Yeah. And that is, that we have to be prepared for that. But there are other things which need to happen, like we need to eat, drink, sleep. Uh, we need to make sure that um, our family are safe. We need to pay bills, all sorts of things, which are probably on the five on your list, which just yeah. need to get done regardless of whether the main thing gets done for that day. These are, these are important things that we've got to keep refocusing. As you say, have an intention. I also really like the word purpose as well. So why am I doing it? What's my, what's, what am I trying to get out of the end of it? I might not get there, but at least I've got a purpose. So why are you getting up in the morning is, is something which some people find really hard to, to, to put in their minds because so many things have gone wrong or uh, been difficult. And if we can find a purpose, then it does make, make sense uh, a bit more yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. And, it's, uh, it's a strange time, man. It's like, it's, it's almost addicting as well. Like, cause you could, cause if you don't have a purpose, then you're at the whims of either your phone or the news or especially, yeah, right now you're going to be at the whims of the news. You're going to be like searching out and it's just going to, settle about a bit more of a panic, a bit more of a panic, and then you're just going to get nothing done. Whereas if you have that purpose, you're going to, you know, you can still keep your finger on the pulse. You can still find out what's going on, but that's still going to happen, you know, alongside of you taking care of whichever you got to take care of. Um, yeah, this chat's very cathartic, I must say. It's I, very weird. Weird. I mean, I, it I don't is. know. Dan, this is not why I brought you on the podcast, to be honest <laughs> with you, mate. Well, I, I didn't. Uh, this wasn't the intention either, no, but I, I, I didn't want to because we can't really talk about rugby training uh, as as a whole if we uh, if there's yeah. none going on. But it is. These are these are important things just for us to talk through, and it might be that we reflect back on this podcast in six months' time and say, "Oh, well, that was a whole crock of." whatever were you talking about there? Cause actually this is what changed. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, they found a the cure by Friday, and we're yeah. actually all fine. But even, yeah, but even then, uh, a lot of what we were saying is, I, I, it makes yeah. sense uh, because it is good practice. Yeah. It's good practice to have a plan. It's good practice to have purpose. It's uh, good practice to be uh, prepared in the right way, ready to train. And I, I'm always fascinated by watching athletes uh, and players arrive for training and what they do to get themselves ready for training. And some of them will um, appear um, an hour early, uh, strap themselves up, um, lather themselves in deep heat, well, it's the old days, um, <laughs> be, spend hours in the physio and sort of, sort of appear on the pitch, um, whereas others will just sort of come out of the car and straight on the pitch. Yeah. And who, who's, who's better prepared? Yeah. And then there are others that... What is the answer? Um, I mean, obviously, it depends on who, who plays the best. It's, it's not just a case of... Because that person might be needing all that physio stuff just to get on the field, whereas the, the fresher person, hey, maybe they did... I, I know this isn't the line of thinking that you were going towards, but maybe the person that just got out of their car and ended up on the training pitch, maybe they spent um, the morning with a partner or just against the wall and, and threw 100 passes off each hand and then turned up to training. But I know exactly what you're saying. And it it is, it's, it's always the people. So it's funny that the guys that always stand out are the guys that take a keen interest in watching rugby, take a keen interest in practicing their skills on their own. Like to the point where a lot of people, you know, it's, it's, it's like similar to like school. Remember in school, like the the kids that did did really well would almost get picked on for, for trying too hard. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> you see the same throughout rugby play, rugby teams. Like the guys that are really paying attention, that really take pride in getting as as you know, getting the be- becoming the best player that they can be, and, and constantly improving. Those are the ones that always stand out, and it's it's almost like it's almost a complete one for one sort of ratio with that. Uh, definitely, and uh, you'll probably see this uh, and can identify people. I mean, the one, the the two guys who stand out for me. Uh, from when I was at Bath, uh, well, the three, three or four. I mean, in particular, I mean, first of all, uh, Jerry Guscott. Um, for those who, who are much younger, will probably not know he was one of the best centres that England ever had. Uh, very, very talented, fast. Uh, he he rarely made any mistakes at training, and he, everything seemed to come easy to him. Yeah, he um, was the sort of game that made he player that made the game look like it was a lot slower for him than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. But it was. I mean, we used to do sprint training and he would always be much faster than everybody else. We'd do uh, handling and uh, he wouldn't. every single pass that he made seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, but the people that I was most fascinated were with um, a guy called Ben Clark and John Callard. Now, uh, Ben Clark, when he went with the Lions to New Zealand, uh, and the Lions got beaten by New Zealand, he was the player that the New Zealand said, this is the guy we'd want in our team. He would be the player who'd be up early training uh, and working out and that sort of thing. And he's a very talented player. But the guy who I always thought was the most impressive was a chap called John Callard. Uh, because he, first of all, he was a real student of the game. And the second thing is, he would be at training early and he would be making up his own drills, his own exercises. Um, he would be working on his tackling, passing, kicking, all those sorts of things. And he was a second team player at Bath um, because they had a very fine player ahead of him, John Webb. But then he went to play, went on to play for England. 
And he was not the talent that Jeremy Guskett was, but he was the sort of guy who spent all his time thinking about how he could improve what he was doing. And those are the sorts of guys, you're quite right, they deserve the accolades they get because they work so hard. And uh, that's there. there's an inner grit inside them. And grit's probably not the right word, but perseverance is probably the better no, word. grit is a great word. Uh, I think it is a good word, yeah. Well, I'm interested in that because uh, there's a can you teach grit? Oh, uh, well, so funny enough, Dan, I'm actually reading the book, or I hate when people say reading it because I'm not reading that one. I'm listening to the audio book of grit and it's a study on high achievers. So when you come back on the podcast, I can, I can report back to you if we can or can't <laughs> teach grit. But I, I, I believe the claim of the book is that you can. Um, but you have to find like a fascination around it yourself and then uh, and take a measured practical, practical approach. <laughs> I mean, you go figure. That's what we've been talking about for most of this podcast, you know, and it's, um, but finding enjoyment in that process as well is really important. And I think, um, like you look at the all time greats in across all sports, really like or across any sort of endeavor, musicians, all of it. Like you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, and you hear about the rumors of how much time he puts in just hitting his free kicks and practicing yeah. uh, uh, training. Johnny Wilkinson obviously comes to yeah. mind about how like he got he was so obsessed with it that you know he suffered through some sort of, uh, some issues with it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that was but that was how committed he was to the art of improvement. And maybe you don't have to go that far, but I think wrapping your head around the fact that that's something that you should be doing to improve yourself as a player is something that everyone needs to hear and everyone needs to consistently pay attention to. And it's same what you said for coaching. If you just spend your time training, doing what the coach says, and then he doesn't pick you and you're like, well, the coach is an idiot. And then, cause you can, you can rugby's unfortunate with that in some ways that it's one of the, it's, it's obviously a, a massive positive that you've got a club and you've got teammates surrounding you. But ultimately when you play in games, you're, you personally are not the sole, um, contributor to the outcome of what's going to happen in that game mm, mm. and and it's very easy and it's very easy for players and for coaches to blame each other blame the other four you've got 14 other guys that you could blame or you could blame the ref you could blame the crowd you could blame the conditions you could put all this blame on the fact that things that you you're not in control of improving and i think that's the wrong mindset to have and I, like i'll always say to any player that isn't getting picked because, you know, we've got guys that are on my roster that are trying to make academies and things. I'm like, talk to your coaches, see what they want, and then make a, a go about improving that. Because if you just blindly think that it's all your coaches' fault and they're not, you know, they're just really stupid, even if they are, you want to be understanding why that they'll still have a reason for not picking you. Or if it's the other team that are getting better than you, then how are they getting better than you? You can't, it's, it's so easy to just to blame the ref. And I think you were, as you're alluding to there, you've got to try and control what you can control and yep. not, uh, you, you can't control selection and there could be lots of reasons why you're not in the team. You And it might be that um, that opportunity is not going to come with that team and you might need to change teams. Now yep. I'm not saying that therefore, uh, if you don't get selected, you then go elsewhere. That's <laughs> why you have that. That's why you have that important conversation with the coach. Yeah. Coach, where do you see me in this team? And what do I need to do to improve? Now, the challenge for the coach is to make a meaningful feedback loop where 
the player recognizes that there are motivations to train and to succeed but also there's always that chance that you still might not be selected because yeah. the player who's in the position that you want improves himself uh, yeah. and you can have to say to them look um this hasn't happened but if uh, if you're a good coach you are trying to rotate players uh, to a certain extent and say well, look, I've got to build a team. I've got to build a team for not just this season, but for many seasons. So sometimes, do you take on the chin a loss or a game where you could have won because you've rotated the player? Now, that's very easy for me to say in an abstract situation where uh, I'm not the, the, the coach. Uh, however, it takes a brave coach to rotate a player when they think this might be uh, a short-term loss for a long-term gain. Um, our, our coach is brave enough to do it. Would you do it? Are putting you on the spot? Um, it would depend on the game. I think I'd like to think that I, I would, um, but if it was a potential loss or or or, a, or maybe a draw or something like that, and a game that we needed to win, it's it's a it's a risk because depends on the level depend on the level of drop off. But the level of benefit is that you get that guy some, you know, get the, the fringe players some extra experience and you might even unearth that actually come game time, they play a lot better and you would never have discovered that. So I think I would do it as strategically as possible, but I I'd like to think I'm not scared. I wouldn't be scared to do it. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, it's not, it's not a very fair question because <laughs> of course uh, the, it's very different when we're in the heat of the battle and players yeah. have got to appreciate that but I, I always feel sorry for the players who are on the bench and maybe in a big international and they come on for five minutes I mean they've invested all that time during the week into being preparing for a game and they come on for five minutes that can't again mentally do them any good I mean what what players ever come on for five minutes and think uh, well that's that was worth it is, yeah. is there a player out there who ever, ever thinks that I mean they might be I mean I know there are plenty of players who are very scared to come on I mean it is you come on as a substitute and you're under more of a microscope than the players are on already because the player the player starts the game pretty much guesses that they're going to have at least half a game so if they make a mistake in the first 5 minutes they've got another 35 minutes to to improve but a substitute comes on and makes a couple of mistakes well they've only got a short space of time so God, from a, from a rugby point of view, uh, especially, I mean, what what's it like to sit on the yeah, bench and then come difficult. on for five minutes? Is uh, and where's the coach responsibility? I mean, uh, I don't know what it's like in the US, but uh, up to eighteen, they've now brought in half a game rule, which I think is a very positive step. That means that everyone who turns up is going to get at least half a game. But then you get to senior level, uh, someone who has got a uh, got a job. Uh, spends all week in their job and comes along and travels. And I spent in the States, you have to travel quite a long way to play some of your games. Mm-hmm. Travels two hours and uh, the coach brings them on for five minutes at the end. And you say, oh yeah, but I enjoyed the crack. We was great on the coach and that sort of thing. Well, he hasn't trained, changed just to have a beer with his mates. He's trained to uh, knock a few lumps out of somebody and maybe score a try. Yeah. So that's uh, a solution. Well, the, the, the other spanner in that works is then you sort of, it sabotages that coach-player um, relationship so that when he does say, hey, these are the things that I want you to improve, it, it, you know, you could, that coach could be saying it to a disillusioned player who just doesn't believe it. And then they sort of, it's, it's, it is a difficult thing because 
as a player, you don't know if that coach is just telling you that just to keep you working or whatever. You know, you it, that's and that's where, as a player especially, you've got to take personal ownership and personal responsibility for improving yourself as a player. Like you I mean, can't book, just rely I, the, on the whims of a coach. I don't think. Well, yeah, exactly. And um, just as you say now, I'm picking up the book which I'm I'm like you, not reading at the moment. Um, which I'm dipping in and dipping out of. It's called Coaching Athletes to Be Their Best. Best mm-hmm. Motivational Interviewing in Sports. Uh, the main author, well, there's several authors, but Stephen Rolnick, if that's the right way to pronounce it. And that's got lots of ways of building those relationships in conversations and creating those positives. But in the end, what is a rugby player turning up to do? He's turning up to play rugby. So you can yeah. sugarcoat it however you like. If they're not getting game time, what's the point? Yeah, you're right. But I do think there is something to that. Like I've done a lot of studying with like the high, highest level coaches and almost across the board, uh, maybe maybe not Bill Belichick. He's, the only, but he's just a master tactician. But, but when I look at the, like real successful club coaches around the world, a lot of them are notorious for knowing – every single staff member that's there in the cafeteria and the reception, all the back rooms, like they're, they're very, like I hear that's a repeating theme that I hear is like they build a good community of people and they make everyone feel valued. So that is a, mm. a coach's job. And so mm. um, I think as a player, you want to try and open that coach up to doing that as best they can, at least for you. And, you know, making sure that that interaction isn't left on your end, because maybe if it, again, control what you can control. And also, uh, I, I like uh, that line you've just said is uh, from a player's point of view, you've got to make yourself um, some somebody who the coach can work with. Yeah. Um, I, I know that there's a list out there which I'm not a great believer in, so apologies if, if, if it's something which uh, others um, stick to, is that there's 10 things you don't, you don't need to coach. Um, you've got to have them already, which is you know, things like effort and... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know what you're talking well, about. I, I think I think they I think they are also coachable. I 100%, think that you yeah, can coach yeah. uh, people to understand what effort means, what um, uh, the, the the soft skills are. Uh, but it's still incumbent on a player to recognise that they they need to help make the coach's job easier. And yeah. one of those things that uh, I can't remember where I picked this up from very recently is that ask the players how they want to receive the feedback. I guess it's from um, Doug Lemoff. Um, and he said, uh, ask how you want to receive your feedback. Mm-hmm. So if you, are, if you are somebody who prefers to be told via email, because then you can read it, take your time to understand it, and then reply, then use email more than uh, just a quick word after the game or before the game. Or, you know, just... Just help them understand, this is how I want to be spoken to. And uh, I found this out. I coached the Welsh women uh, for three years. And uh, this was a time when lots more coaches were starting to use questions. So the players weren't really used to it. And one of the players turned around to me and said, can you, and uh, I'll keep the language to uh, podcast language, can you, for Pete's sake, just tell me, stop asking me questions? And uh, you realize that sometimes they just want to be told that they need to keep their elbow up. Yeah. Uh, you know, what did you feel? How did you feel you could have done better? Just tell me 
what I need to do here because then I can get on with it. Yeah. And uh, what really we should have done is we should have had a conversation another time and I should have said to them, what is the, what's the way that you prefer to hear feedback? Now, not, um, now I know that's not preferred learning styles, but if I'm going to communicate with you, what's your preferred method? So yeah. I can then, now I can then talk to you on that. I'm going to give you other feedback at other times. It's not, it's not going to be the only channel. Uh, but the, the, the player has that responsibility to say, say not in the moment of anger, but uh, would you mind if we're going to cover this? Uh, this is what I'd like to do. Uh, I quite like to know what we're doing ahead of the session so I can get myself ready. Uh, and this, this, and this. And that, that's, that's, as you said, if you feel valued, the coach makes you feel valued then that player will probably open himself up for that conversation yeah and then if you're a player listening again if if you don't think you're valued as a player then you, again the ball's in your court you've either got to make the coach value you or, or at least let him know that you're there that then you can work towards making him value you or you go somewhere else or you find something else like it's just it's up to you to sort of figure out what or not figure out but get feedback on what where, where you're seen as or how you're seen and choose to improve that yourself. Okay. So um, then let's, uh, let's put that challenge out to ourselves then. So as coaches, we are, what is, what are the three top three, top five things that we value from players? Then You go first. <laughs> <laughs> because that gives me a chance to think of what I would say. Yeah. Uh, give so, me, give me one thing. You're a coach. Uh, what would you value in a player? I would say willingness and openness to learn. Okay. So uh, how do I know what that, that looks like? So how do I know that you're willing to learn? I know that I you're think, willing I think, to I think you know what the answer is. I'm just trying to think uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for those who might be thinking, well, what's that going to look like? Yeah. So if you solve a problem one way, understand that that's not the only way to solve that potential problem. Be open to other ways and or like look for more efficient ways to, solve whatever problems that are ahead of you mm. understand that you're not the fight like there is no final picture there's always um things to improve upon yeah and i was uh, i would add to that that uh, you you ask questions as well coaches will ask questions but you'll ask the question yeah why why, why are we doing this what what was the purpose but you say it in a positive way mm-hmm. so then okay to develop that point then is that uh you're saying that you are willing to problem solve and find different ways, but you are, you are able to show that if the coach gives you criticism, that you will say, right, um, just say, thank you. Thank you for that. That's something which I need to know. So be, uh, appreciate that the coach has got, um, got something to achieve and you're just part of that, that group. So that's two. Mm hmm. Um, let's go for being a team player like understanding that it's not all about what they can do but also helping those around them and um, like in terms of in a game like you can if you run a a good line that's going to open up space outside the rest of the for the rest of the field for other players to to use or in an individual training session if you're you know if we're doing a tackling drill and you're trying to knock seven bells out of you, you, the person that's tackling, and you're just disrupting it. Then you're not being a team player there either. Yeah, that's and that's how, how important is that, especially in team games. But in, in anything, so, so if you're uh, if it's just a one-to-one relationship, uh, say that you're training, you can 
you've still got to be a team player that you're not uh, taking up too much time. You're not, you're not monopolizing the coach's time when they, yep. they need to move on. Yeah. Okay, I, so yeah. I mean, my, I, I did that with jujitsu. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just wanted to give the example because I was people listening to the podcast know that I, I um, rave about my new transition to Brazilian jujitsu. Um, and that's the thing, like it's a complete individual sport, but without training partners to, to work with, you're never going to get better. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, it's, it's, it can, it, in a, in a way it can be a selfish act because you're just doing something to help someone out. I mean, it's almost what we've been talking about this podcast with helping people out in general, but like, if you, if you're a team player, then you can expect that you expect others around you to also be team players and then you'll get the benefit. So it's not just a completely unselfish thing in a way. I always think like, always say that doing good deeds for people is one of the most selfish things you can do because it makes you feel really good. <laughs> and uh, you know, it is. Um, and then, yeah, that's still under the bre- umbrella of being a team player, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So here's my one. So you, luckily you gave a very long explanation. Give me a chance to think of the next one, which is that's what I was doing. For uh, you, do yeah, you're very kind. Uh, <laughs> Uh, do, do extras without being asked. Uh, so you uh, when training's finished, uh, you go off and do a little bit more of uh, some more fitness or you'll get there a bit earlier without being asked and uh, work on something which didn't quite go right in the, in the previous game or uh, do a bit of self-analysis uh, outside. Do, obviously do your, own, do your own training set by the, the coach, but then try and find some other things that you can do. Uh, Again, being in a in a selfless way, uh, and not ha- not having to also show that you're doing it, but it becomes clear that when you come to training, oh right, I see that that player's just a bit faster or a bit a uh, bit more switched on or is asking a better question, and that's because they've 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 done a bit more preparation, and it just shows that they're they're because w- as a coach, you're willing to put time in to make the sessions work and as a player you are willing to come prepared and with something uh, something extra awesome that's a th- that's four i'm not sure we're going to get to a fifth um i could do a that's fifth one i think uh confidence is something else that i look for so it's kind of what you said before it's it's knowing it's you know you should know that there's still a lot more to a lot more ground to make up there's a lot more to know there's a lot more improvements that you can make mm. but being confident in whatever it is that you do know and just do it and executing that and not overthinking it. Um, oh, no, I like that. I like that. And that's, uh, I, I play a lot of golf. Um, and, uh, you, the, the thing which makes things work and you hear it from the golf pros all the time is stay in the shot. Uh, once you've chosen a shot, be confident in that shot. And that comes from all that preparation. So if you're going to go out, do something, do something because you believe in it. Yeah, and then that will give you so many more uh, things to think about. Because if you've put your full end, full effort into something, and something goes wrong, then that's much easier to correct than somebody who's only made a half, half an effort at it. Because you have to work out: well, was it because they made a poor yes. effort, or they, uh, they they weren't confident? So I, I like yeah. that 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 confidence, and that's something which uh, I need to think a lot a lot more about because. Um, you know, how do you help the players develop that confidence? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one. Like, how, how, how can you be confident enough just to act? Because um, that was one of the things that we saw on the Argentina Island game yesterday. Is that like when the team like because momentum's um, are definitely a thing, and yeah. I'd love to study it, but 
<laughs> I think that, uh, like, I don't know how it is, but like once, you know, one, when team gets confidence up and they get the momentum with them, their confidence is up and, and all, they don't do anything outstanding. Like, they, there's nothing to say that they couldn't do this at times when the game's going against them. But for whatever reason it is, they just do the simple stuff a little bit better and they just execute and they don't overthink it. And, and you know, you've, you, we've all seen a team where they're trying to claw back at a game and just nothing can go right. I, I look at England in the World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it just one of those things happen, where they lost their confidence. Yeah, and, and they, the team absolutely destroyed the, the All Blacks the week before. All of a sudden, just couldn't, you know, they couldn't execute a simple 9 10 uh, pass. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and in the first game of the Six Nations uh, uh, against France, again, they, uh, they, they were dropping uncharacteristic mistakes and uh, they just couldn't. Their first half was, was, was poor, and it was. It was, it was all about momentum and. Again, it's that's fascinating. All that, like um, in, in anything, really, when you've you've lost that confidence, what is that switch, which which changes things for you and makes you feel that uh, you don't feel like an imposter? Yeah, and if you've got that sense of uh, fluency, uh, fluency. Is, I, I like that word. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. How can you make everything more fluent? Because you are confident in your knowledge, your understanding, your purpose, your intention, and that that makes a that makes a massive difference. So, where is where is that button? Yeah, I don't know, but we need to press it now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we do. Well, we're here. We're ready. We're we got the hammer ready to smash it down on the button to uh, make things. Because um, yeah, it's funny. It, it's something that it's uh, insight. I I believe has helped our, my team out as well. Is that I've been saying like. There are going to be periods where the game gets away from us, and it's our job not to stop that from happening. Because you just understand that even if we're playing the most perfect game for thirty minutes, a, a couple drop balls, and all of a sudden heads can drop and things can sort of get away from you. But it's not trying to prevent that from happening; it will happen. But it's how can we minimize the time that that, or minimize the effect that that has on us? How can we get straight back into that flow? How can we adapt and, and get back on the direction that we need to be getting? And I think that actually even applies to whatever we're going through right now. It's how can we hit that button? What can we um, control? And how can we get right back on the path of, of uh, getting better? Yeah, I, I think, think. It's come, it comes something from golf that I've learned is that uh, if you go to uh, play in a, say a, a medal round, uh, that if you think that uh, if, you, if your aim is to win – the medal round, then you won't be successful. You've just got to play the best you can play at that time. Control, we've used it plenty of times, control what you control. If one hole gets away from you, you've got the next hole, the next hole, and many rounds that I've played, which have turned out okay, the start's been poor, but I've not worried about it. It's probably yeah. the worst rounds I've played when I've had a great start, and it's uh, it's gone down. Now, I must say that I'm not playing off single figures here. I'm, uh, my handicap's about 13, but it, there is, there's plenty in that in terms of be patient, um, believe in your processes. I know that sounds a bit jargonistic, but believe in what you know you can do and you can execute. Yes, you're going to have to make some adjustments, but don't make massive adjustments. Don't suddenly change your game plan from uh, uh, one type of rugby to another unless you know that you can do it. If yeah. we always play this way, and we never play that way. Well, don't try and play that other way unless you've unless you've gone through that game plan. Yeah, it's all about being prepared and then being adaptable. And I think um, I, I have to say this round because it always because 
it, it's the, the biggest bugbear of mine at the minute, probably, which is seems not important anymore. But um, on, we have a free, a free Facebook group, and um, on the on the questions to join the Facebook group, you, you have to answer the questions. It says in the description, like in capital letters, you've got to answer these questions. So it's like, where did you come from? So if you came from the podcast or a YouTube video, or if you just found it on Facebook, like type that in there and then ask a question, like what specifically do you want to improve? And so many people just put fitness or they just put workouts or ideas. And that worries me because that means that this person has no intention of what, like they have no real direction of what they're doing and they don't have anything specific that they want to improve. They're just looking for a whole new system or, or something that they can add in another thing, another um, thing that they can just throw against the wall to see if it sticks. It's just not, that's not how it works. Like if you, if you're more intentional with your processes, then right. How can I improve this process? I feel like this is letting me down or whatever it is. And the more, you've got a handle on what you're currently doing and, and the direction that you're supposed to be heading in, then you can actually get help. But if you don't even know where you're supposed to be going and what you're supposed to improve upon, why are you going, why are you doing random uh, workouts at home for no reason? Uh, but that's why they come to you because they need that help to yeah. uh, help them uh, change their approach and change their mindset. So maybe it's a positive. No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to create a positive for you. That's, that's the coaching you there, Dan. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The notorious coach. There you go. Um, cool, Dan. This has been not what I expected for this hour of conversation. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> honest, but me. it's been really, really valuable. And, and as you say, like near every single lesson that we spoke about um, on this podcast, like yes, it it's obviously specific to the the freakish time that we're in right now but it's also good it's all these are all principles that if you apply to your life outside of this are going to be invaluable to you um going forward and i think it's 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 been a really good conversation i I thank you for coming on no well uh, thank you for for the invitation and secondly thank you for uh giving me the opportunity to just get a few things straight in my own mind and I, I've come away with some thoughts myself on some of the things and reflections what you said so uh, I don't often like to listen back to these podcasts myself because I think <laughs> oh dear what was I saying there yeah but you said some really key things for me to to think about so uh, yeah obviously thank you for the opportunity and thank you for helping me sort a few things out from my in my own mind and let, let's be positive and let's uh, let's help people make changes yeah um do you have any any last final thoughts that you have for um, any of the players listening or anything that you can like? I mean, obviously we've given a lot of overarching themes and ideas as to what they need to be doing, but is there anything like any small little wins that they can get right now or ideas of how they can keep the focus and keep improving their rugby? Well, I think uh, something that we've said a number of times is to actually know what your purpose is. Uh, You talked a lot about it's very easy to just jump in and do lots of random workouts. And uh, often a gym novice will do that. They'll come in and say, well, I'll do a bit on the bro machine and a bit on the the barbells and a bit on this. And uh, they come out and think, well, I've done a session and well, what next? But uh, the the wins are is uh, be efficient. And the way to be efficient is to know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and uh, that is uh, that means that let's you know have thirty minutes which uh, makes a difference because you know why it makes a difference, not thirty minutes which you think makes a difference. Yeah, me and you, we're two peas in a pod, man. Like uh, <laughs> the 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 like, it's one of the um, biggest benefits. Every single person I consult with one on one has 
pretty much for a man experienced and for a woman is that they spend less time in the gym. And that's not what they thought would happen when they uh, hired, a, hired a coach to help them with their strength and conditioning. But I'm like, no, because once you get rid of, once you have your purpose, like once you've got your direction, then you can get rid of all of the fluff and all the external noise. So yeah, absolutely awesome stuff, mate. And we'll get you back on um, at some point in the future when we have some, some sort of horizon and we can talk yeah. a lot more about rugby tactics and rugby skills and how to improve those. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Sounds good, mate. All right. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.